0: Hey podcast listeners, got another podcast for you, recorded in Hawaii before the world changed forever. Uh, this one's with Travis Smith, recorded at the now very famous Sunrise Shack. Check them out for their papaya bowls next time you're in Hawaii. Really good yarn, uh, really interesting story. Uh, Trav's a, definitely a, bit, a guy to watch on the North Shore. Uh, every time pipeline breaks these days, um, he's part of the famous Smith brother trio. And uh, he's got quite the story to tell. So I hope you enjoy this episode and I look forward to pumping a few more out for you. Cheers. Laboge. 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 Alrighty, bro. Thanks, Trav.
1: No worries. I think if you
0: plonk yourself there... Yeah, here's yours. Oh, look at that guy. Some edible flowers. Can you eat those flowers? Yeah,
1: they're edible.
0: Cool. Mmm. This one's nice too. That one's not so nice. Don't tell Trav. I'm sitting here at the Sunrise Shack. About to sit down with Travis Smith. Absolute legend of a bloke. From here. Rides for hubboards. Total ledge. Podcast started without ya. Oh
1: no way. <laughs> Sick. Oh we're filming
0: as well. We're filming. Hell yeah. There's no use doing a podcast at the Sunrise Shack without without um filming it.
1: Yeah. It's too for pretty. It's sure. too pretty. We'll probably hear some uh, some cars driving by, maybe some chickens chirping.
0: Yeah, the we'll chickens be... are probably the main hazard around here, aren't they? For sure, they'll, they'll steal your meal if you don't mm. watch out. It. It's pretty wild. This whole Sunrise Shack business is taking off. Yeah, it's doing pretty well. Yeah? Yeah. How did you kick it off?
1: Um, so I actually... Yeah, I don't know. My, my whole life story is interesting. I mean, I've been bodyboarding. my Oh, we're going to uh, yeah. get through the whole lot. Yeah, we're going to get through <laughs> all of it. But, I mean, I you know I started bodyboarding at like age six, you know. Just fell in love with it. And mm. Where I'm from on Kauai is just like so, so good for it. There's so many yeah. cool little waves for it. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I got to the point where when I was like 17 years old, I was like, you know, I really want to be able to kind of make a good living i don't know like i think i'd have to be the best bodyboarder in the world in order to do that and i just Mm. didn't feel like making that effort really yep i just had more interests out there and but i i love bodyboarding that's like my main passion i'd say but that so just that kind of desire took me in a different kind of way um so i ended up getting scouted for some modeling stuff. Yeah,
0: well, this and is interesting. Like, you, you were a male model for many, many yeah, years.
1: totally. So I kind of actually... That's crazy. D- dipped out of the scene for a little bit, missed a few banging pipe contests and stuff. But mm. I don't know. Yeah, it was wild. I found myself, like, walking uh, for Versace in Milan, like, meeting Donatella <laughs> and, like, just crazy things that I never, ever, ever thought, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so... I ended up living in New York by myself for six years and I was like my hub and I'd live in Europe for a little bit or you know just kind of jet around the world from there and I actually would bodyboard whenever there's a good swell and hmm. I had my buddy Timmy Tilton he's a bodyboarder from New Jersey and okay. we'd always do like East Coast strike missions and Oh stuff. sick! Okay so you so, did
0: actually get into the cold water. Was that during the winter months mostly?
1: Um, I actually always came home for the winter, Um, but yeah, I mean, throughout the summer and like fall and spring, you know, we'd always kind of be on it and I'd probably surf every six weeks or so, you know, not not too often, but yeah, you know, often enough and yeah. So I I ended up doing like, um, I just have always really been into health and different things and, um, we're obviously from Kauai and so is Laird Hamilton and we kind of, see him sometimes and stuff and we heard about like the bulletproof coffee from him yeah like a while ago probably like eight years ago nine years ago so we got like super crafty in the kitchen we started blending all these crazy things and just feeling like major boost from this coffee and just like so excited about it so just a few years on our own like me and my brothers just developing these own kind of recipes and stuff we we ended up having like kind of our own little thing within the bulletproof realm. Like yeah. I feel like bulletproof coffee was more basic, it was just coconut oil and grass-fed butter and that's it. Mm. And now we're like throwing in like macadamia nut butter or almond butter and mm. like you know different things to kind of make it even more flavorful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and so that just turned into something bigger and when I was in New York living there. Um, I ended up doing
0: farmer's markets and stuff. Oh, okay, so, so in between the modelling gigs, you were doing farmer's markets with this kind of bulletproof stuff.
1: Yeah. Okay. How's yeah, yeah, just for pretty much, just the last year I was, uh, I was there.
0: Thank you, Drew. Was there a financial need for you to do this, or was it just, like, just your passion?
1: Um, it was really just a passion for me. I was going to say, the modelling yeah. sounds like you would have been earning some decent money. Yeah, I mean, modeling's interesting, you know. Um, I think you know like if you're a female model I think the potential is massive you know you could maybe make like a million dollars a year or something mm-hmm. you know if you're really killing it but yeah. I think for male modeling it can be a little capped um, I think you can do super well right. but it's just it's kind of a weird thing um, you know you don't know when your next gig's coming you're not making steady money month to month and right. if you're living in New York City which is like you Expensive. know uh, spending a lot of money just on rent alone mm-hmm yeah. Um, so, it wasn't as glamorous as, as it might have looked from the outside? No, I don't think it is, you know. I, think, no. I mean, even like the first two years, I was living in like a model apartment, and uh, you know, I was sleeping in a one bedroom with like a bunch of bunk beds, you know. you like kidding. Six, six of us in one So, room. this
0: is almost like obviously my mind just goes to the Zoolander movie as yeah, soon as this sure. conversation comes out. Right? And I'm just like, absolutely. I mean, so it was because there is a scene in that movie where that, all these yeah, men are
1: living in a that, home together, yeah, and they're like got bunks yeah. and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's real. I mean, it's kind of a cool experience. Yeah. If you're young and you're just, you know, you maybe you, you don't really care about your living situation or something. But I mean, like my roommates were like a guy from Switzerland, a guy from the UK, cool, and like a guy from Sweden. And I just barely even knew where those places were at yeah, the time. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, So it's just a really like amazing experience to just bond with people that, you know, like when I said, oh, I'm from Hawaii, they're like, oh, like is there cars there? Yeah, like really didn't know where You're I really, came from. You know? Now they, it sounds a lot more like they, Zoolander when you say yeah,
0: that. They did <laughs> See you, yeah. See you, bro. Yeah. Take
1: care. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's so funny. One, so 180 difference. Yeah, you know, exactly. Flip,
0: yeah. <laughs> but like, what was the, like, was it a fun time in your life to be doing this? Like, were you having a good time or was it actually stressful?
1: I mean, Seems like it could have been a bit of both. Both, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, it's funny. The only thing you can really focus on is like being as fit as possible and like yeah. not being like hung over, you know? <laughs> not being hung over. Okay. there's <laughs> a lot of parties wanna, and stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. there's craziest opportunities to just go wild, you know, but <laughs> I'll definitely just, you know, tone it back and I was pretty responsible and stuff, you know? oh, Okay, so you but, didn't really get you didn't get overwhelmed by it? No, not really, but it was just like the what got me was just like kind of the financial pressure of not knowing when the next jobs coming. Right. And I just really didn't like that like instability. Yeah. You know, especially with kind of my high expenses and stuff. And then I just I think the biggest thing was just like I love Hawaii and this is always home and I was just like never thinking I was really gonna move away from Hawaii, you know. It just was a temporary thing.
0: I was gonna say it must that must have been a hard thing for a guy growing up on an island like Hawaii and then Suddenly you're in New York City. You're not just in a city, you're in the busiest, one of the busiest cities in the world. Totally. And it's cold and it's grey and it's everything in between.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And then you're like
1: the kid from Kauai doing this stuff.
0: Totally. I mean
1: must have been wild. Like the funny comparison was like on a day in the day in a life in Kauai. Like in the afternoon, I wanna go have some fun. What do I do? I drive around, check some waves maybe go get some barrels and mm. have some fun in the ocean. I'm yeah. psyched, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like if you could put a value on that, maybe I'd pay like 300 bucks for that experience, mm. you know? Mm. Um, but like, or, or more, who knows, you know, if it's an all time session, you know, maybe yeah. more. It's down the road here. <laughs> yeah. But like, it, and then if you compare it to like, okay, you have a free afternoon in New York, what do you want to do? It's like, okay, you can go like pay for some experience. It's yeah. Like, what is this experience? You know, it's like, go like eat a freaking legendary cake from this cake factory. You know, <laughs> like that's the experience that yeah. people are seeking or like it's like shopping or, yeah. you know, just something that really didn't in line with like what I was stoked on. No, no, I was I was actually, I started to just take a train up north to like north uh, New York and I will just like go camping in the forest. Yeah, stuff, okay. You know? So that was like
0: what I was stoked on. But it's at, not, it ain't the know? same thing. You know, there's no because you're missing that, you know, because I've lived outside of my comfort yeah. zone a lot too, being in Sweden for many years, and I know that um, you don't get the same adrenaline fix. That's probably the worst bit. You absolutely. don't, there's no adrenaline Mm-mm. to be, and then you got to find it elsewhere, and, like, this yeah. is, I think this is why guys, like, they go and drink a lot, or they go and take other risks that they can take in their day-to-day life just to get a little kick. Drugs as well come into the game. Yeah, you know, like, it's, it's a tough thing if you're used to having that, um release of endorphins from the Full adrenaline line. rush of riding yeah. a bodyboard or surfing. Absolutely. Yeah. But when did you... When was there a moment in the modelling... Actually, I want to... I can't move on from the modelling yet because it's too kind of interesting and it's a very unique aspect about your kind of um, story into the bodyboarding world but like what's the weirdest funniest experience... Can
1: you share a story from the modelling world that's just like this one time... <laughs> yeah, I mean... I... <clears throat> I, you know, it was interesting. I kind of like I got scouted out of nowhere, and um, I was actually in Alamana Shopping Center here. On, oh, right. And like this random guy kind of scouted me. That must be weird then, to begin with. Yeah, I didn't want to do what it. What does
0: he What does he say? Hey, bro. Yeah. You're like,
1: beautiful. I don't know. I yeah, want to work are, with you. Are you interested in like you know like maybe making a lot of money from modeling? Blah, yeah. blah, you know? I was actually really young at the time. I was like 15. And right. So I just got the business card and I just gave it to my mom. And yeah. I was just like. I don't know that you know weird opportunity and then she actually pursued it without yeah, right. Knowing. go mom So that's kind of how it started but right. you know then kind of years of just like on the fence about it maybe booking little local gigs and stuff like that I ended up like after graduating high school made the big step out to New York and like signed with the top agency and I booked like a Versace campaign within like the first month of starting Yeah like pretty gnarly and so i flew out to milan and did all that and the that was a funny thing i had to they gave me a full spray tan on my whole body <laughs> n- naked i had to do it
0: <laughs> yeah to get fully naked, fully naked. yeah
1: like a girl came into my hotel room we how got, old are you I was, like, 18. Wow. Like, okay, so this would have been really you know? confronting. Yeah, Yeah. just, like, a you know, my, my agent, like, kind of let me know that it was going to happen and stuff, and so I was, like, standing in my shower. They had, like, plastic everywhere, and this girl was just, like, spraying, like, my whole body. And it was funny because, like, I was already pretty tan, but it was just, was like, was a thing that ahead. everyone had to do and, like, to, like, you know, balance it all out or whatever. Oh that, God. So that was funny. I mean, there's so many crazy things. It's, like... <laughs> I didn't even notice what I was wearing a lot of the times like yeah. this one time for, um, for a Versace show because I, I worked with them a bunch of times but I was wearing um, like a chinchilla fur coat you know, so what's the so chinchilla gnarly. again? Like a full... It's like a cute little, I don't know what, what kind of category. It's like, it's a, a, kind of like animal, a beautiful right? rodent. <laughs> it's like cool. Like people have them as pets and stuff. Like and they really also cute, turn them know? into coats. Yeah. Oh, so, no, I mean, not. you know, it'd be like 25 chinchillas probably <laughs> in this one coat, you know? And this coat costs 200,000 euros, you know? And you're I all had, wearing yeah, it. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, they didn't give you no backstory, you know? And, yeah, you have, like, these funny, like, after the show or whatever, you're still wearing it, and you have this, like, uh, fashion press come up to you and just try to, they'll be like, oh, like, tell us what you're wearing. And you're just like, I have no idea, you know? Like, I can't help you there. I don't even know what this thing is called. Is this a jacket or a coat or, you know? Fashion gets pretty crazy, and I just, like, coming from Hawaii, I just, like, really had zero background, you know? What, was there the um, was there the whole
0: thing? Cause like you know, with the Zoolander analogy again, like there's all this thing about the look. Like, did you have your own look? Like, I don't was know, there yeah, something I you mean, had to do? It, it was
1: funny. I think I kind of had my own little blue steel look. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay, yeah. Like that's what like Versace is psyched on. Is yeah. Like, they they want like a full like strong like masculine kind of yeah. vibe. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Versace is based off of like these kind of like Greek gods and shit. yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. Right. So it's like. It's funny, yeah. They want—they're not—not going for like a smiley, like loose, nah. loose, goose image, you know. It's like, they want, they serious want yeah, the serious, yeah, look. Serious, yeah, yeah. So, it's oh, pretty funny. I what mean, a that, funny experience. That whole world is just crazy. I mean, I remember it was pretty crazy. I was, I was um, shooting the one of the big Versace campaigns, and um, I was in like this crazy studio where you had to sign a contract that, and then it took your phone away, so you're just oh, like wow. there. Uh, Kate Moss is there shooting all right. with me as well. And um, the whole buffet was like crazy. There's like seven different kinds of milk. Like goat milk, <laughs> oat milk, like all of it. <laughs> and then there's Donatella's little dog walking around. And this place is like so fancy. Like All the catering guys were in like suits and it was wild. And so the dog just goes right next to the catering booth just takes a big dump right
0: there. <laughs> Donatella's dog.
1: And I was sitting there just waiting, and I was the only one that saw it, and, like, the catering guys were freaking out, and they just, like, clean it up, and, like, she had no idea. But this dog lives, like, the most, like, luxurious life ever. Like, this thing literally poops wherever it wants, yeah. and just people will clean it up for her. Just immediately, yeah, yeah. Like, like it great. never happened. Totally, absolutely, and like she wow. she smokes cigarettes and she doesn't even really use an ashtray. Like right. she's just ashing on her marble floor <laughs> and stuff. And like people are just like always sweeping and like you know it's just a such a crazy world. That's it's crazy. way different than what we're used to. You
0: know. Like so what was the what was the kind of the final straw for you to kind of step out of it?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I saw some of my buddies that were like into their thirties and. Maybe we're settling down in New York City and just, you know, like really stressing about like getting the next big gig or whatever. And I was just like, I don't want to ever have to feel like I need to be in the city, you know. Yeah. I don't want to feel like I have to rely on, you know, this modeling stuff because it is just the inconsistency was just like really takes a toll, I feel like. yeah, And um I don't know. It's just at the end of the day it wasn't really what I was passionate about either, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, I think in the back of my mind I was always trying to find a, an exit strategy. Yep. And that's kind of where the bulletproof coffee came in and I was doing the farmers markets there and it was actually going really well and um and I um had a guy approach me for an investment opportunity, and he was like, "I want to open up a store with you here in in Manhattan." I was like, "Wow, it's nuts!" You know, like, mm. I have no idea how to run a store. Like, I don't know how long I want to be here for, but that sparked the idea: is like I could start something in Hawaii. Yeah. Okay. So, so. it was that
0: investment proposal.
1: Did you take the proposal?
0: No. no. Cool. Yeah. So he just dropped the idea so, in your head, and then yeah, that was kind of so it.
1: So I just literally packed up everything, moved home. And I was like planning on maybe coming back to New York. I had some stuff in the storage unit that I ended up stopped paying for, and they just yeah. seized it. Oh, you know? shit. But I didn't care because I was just like, I'm not going back. Cool. Um, yeah, it's just a bunch of like clothes and stuff, you know. Not but, the chinchilla jacket. <laughs> 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 yeah, they never gave me anything. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was kind of my thing. And I okay. spent my life savings on just starting this and I, I oh, got right. of... So you, you took all the, all your funds that you made
0: on this modeling life. Mm, yeah, that was, I guess you would have obviously spent some along the way, but like, yeah, for um, sure. you, you grabbed your savings and mm-hmm. you turned it into this. I'm going to do a quick pan with the camera yeah, totally. to show where we're at now. So this is the sunrise shack, but this is, this is actually sunrise
1: shack Mark two. Is it not would you say or three even? Yeah, I mean, this is like a cool remodel we did. We actually made it a little bit bigger. We connected it to the kitchen, so yeah, the whole work workflow works better. But mm. yeah, I mean, I um, my two my two brothers are my partners, Alex mm. Smith and Koa Smith, and uh, Koa Rothman. He's like someone we kind of grew up with over here, because because we're from Kauai. He's from the North Shore. Yeah, he knows the North Shore better than anyone. And yeah. So we we're just like perfect partner and you could be like our local partner. Yeah. Like, um, if you find us something cool, like let's go for it. So yeah. he found this shack, it was like a fruit stand, it was already existing, and yeah. We just started off of a generator and started super small and I didn't even really have like a like a, a big future for it, you know. I literally thought I was gonna make like ten thousand bucks in one winter. Yeah. And just go, go find something else to do or something. Yeah. Like that. But I ended up spending twice or three times that and not making any money <laughs> I was like oh shit Welcome like, to business. I, yeah like wow yeah okay, I guess it takes some time to make your money back. yeah but um I, I think the incentive there was just like customer feedback people were so stoked yeah um and like we are getting amazing press too like yeah yeah <clears throat> the sunset like world cup uh, triple crown events literally right there yeah and you could hear on the mic they're just like in hey, the sunrise shack is right down the street you know it's like and then I remember the yeah they did that for the first time and then we had a line of forty people no and we had two little tiny coffee machines that oh. only made five cups of coffee at a time. Oh god! Running off of our generator, and then sometimes they would like if you tried to use both coffee machines and the blender at once, the generator, generator would cut. Oh shit! So it was like I remember um, a couple waited forty five minutes for their black coffee. No. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I think we need to like need to step move this on to the next step. Okay. Here. Yeah,
0: so okay, so you've expanded, but you've you haven't just expanded. I mean, you've also well, you've built out this site here, but you've also got you've said you've got a partner in Japan now who's launched Sunrise Shack over there. Mm-hmm. You've got you've also got a pop up or a more permanent place in Honolulu
1: or yeah, that's full permanent, permanent location. Yeah, it's uh, sick in, in the Outrigger Hotel, like yeah. where the Duke's restaurant is. I mean, amazing location, right? It's really amazing, yeah. My dad is like a real estate expert, and yep. at the time, um, how it happened was like, um, one of the kind of head girls that runs Outrigger, she, yep. she just was a big fan of the shack. She always came here for coffee and stuff, and she just asked me one day, she's like, hey, we got an opening available in the Outrigger Hotel. We want you guys in there, is yeah, that right. something you'd be interested in. And then I was like, "Oh my God!" I didn't even think about expanding, especially to Waikiki. And then my dad is like, "Literally, like this is the golden ticket. Like yeah. this location yeah. is amazing." Yeah. Um, so.
0: Because that's funny probably good. one of the most famous hotels yeah. in Waikiki, right? With yeah, Duke's, it, it's, it's ground zero. It you know? is right. Yeah. yeah. I think
1: um, I don't even know how much money uh, Dukes does a year, but it's way in the millions. And yeah. I think it's top three. Um, highest grossing restaurants, like maybe even in America. It's wow. crazy. Yeah, like if you try to just go up and get a table, it's always gonna be a few hours. Of yeah, waiting. it's massive. Right. It's so beautiful. It's right on the ocean. So,
0: is that the one with the big circular bar out the back in the they, courtyard thing? Yeah, they,
1: they do have some stuff out yeah. the back.
0: I think I've got had a few drinks there before, it was yeah. real nice. Yeah. So super cool.
1: And so, yeah, I mean, I didn't even know how I was going to raise the money. I didn't know how much money I needed. I didn't know anything, yeah. you know. Um, so, I mean, that's been a very awesome experience for me because I just have zero background in, like, running a business or uh, even working in a restaurant. I think I, like, did, like, a cater- uh, odd catering gig in my teens for a little while. Yeah. So zero ex- experience there. But I just, like, this has been such an amazing, like, learning curve for me. Like, mm. even still to this day i'm like learning so much and just different things but
0: does it come naturally to you though like or or is it a struggle certain aspects you have to fight through different things that you're like i don't know what i'm doing here i gotta learn this i got to learn that like other what are the struggles you've had on this journey
1: yeah it's been so crazy i mean a lot of the times i'm in my head just problem solving and trying to figure out what the next step is because Mm. it's just it's not clear to me yeah Um, and it's not really clear to anyone but I mean there you know I'm not the first person to open up a cafe you know no. so many it's been people, done it's been done yeah. so I can figure it out and I definitely like try to learn every way I can and yeah. read books and different things and mm. yeah I mean just through the all the experiences and stuff it's been it's been really amazing but at this point my job has turned into like just managing people Yeah. Um, I we have 40 employees now Jeez. I think by the end of the year we'll have 100 employees <laughs> that's and, nuts yeah it's just like I, I'm really managing people at this point. That's my main job and making yeah. sure, like, my leadership roles, like, people can look to me and hopefully feel good about that, you know? Yeah. Not, like, get kind of a dicey answer or a negative answer or stuff yeah. like that, you know? Like, word travels fast, you know? If I if I maybe say something like what I'm feeling and, like, maybe I shouldn't have said that, you yeah. know? Like, I it end, ends up biting me in the butt, you know? Yeah, so yeah. It, it's really that and, I mean, I've ended up hiring the experts that know how to do this stuff, you know, like um, the director of operations. He runs the whole Sunrise Shack. He used to work for, with Five Guys Hamburgers. Oh, yep. And he opened up like 80 locations with them. So he, nice. knows, he, knows, he knows how to do up. this, you know. So I really lo- look to people like that and, um, and seek advice. And, you know. That's good. So you, you've got the, um, a lot of people don't have that. Like they
0: don't know how to actually find help they yeah. feel like they've got to struggle through everything yeah. and figure it all out but totally. you seem to be pretty easy with finding help and understanding that it's a
1: team that gets this done fully and I, I'm very aware that I'm like not some expert in this you know yeah. and I, I'm seeking advice all the time and I mean my dad's awesome my whole family's awesome yeah like, you know we're designing like a new t-shirt or whatever and I'm, I'm getting uh, input from all the founders and from sick you know even the girl that works at the shack the most you know yeah. it's like so I, I, I just like really, I'm like almost a soundboard. I just like to hear everything, and then I'm like a funnel of opportunity, yep. and then I just like take those things and hopefully can make them happen, if I'm delegating them or whatever it is. Yeah,
0: perfect. Yeah. So let's get to the bodyboarding bit. Absolutely. Like, Love bodyboarding. I've, um, I, I, when I met you, I think I met you for the first time in person in recap you came over mm-hmm. for the comp last year and I was like, oh cool, there's the Sunrise Shack guy, he's here, that's great. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I was like, you know, I think you had first heat, did mm-hmm. you have the first heat and you got bloody knocked?
1: Yeah, I got knocked. I had
0: big hopes, I was like, yeah. here he goes, let's, I know. let's do this, Yeah. and you got knocked mm-hmm. and that was kind of like, was that your first kind of step into the to the international <laughs> yeah. level of bodyboarding? absolutely. And yeah. how did that feel? Because, like, I, I don't want to dwell on a loss here, but, like...
1: No, totally. you, you get I mean,
0: headhunted in Alamoana, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then that happens. Mm. You're doing some bullet coffees with a blender in New York, <laughs> yeah. and a guy comes along and says, do you want investment? Like, things seem to mm. fall in your lap a little bit. Totally, yeah. And then you come to Eureka and you make a step into a zone, yeah. which is you making the mm-hmm. effort, yeah, and then you just get slapped down. No,
1: I mean, you know, <clears throat> life's like that, you know. Yeah. I think... I've had a lot of, like, trials and tribulations through my life, you know, like, even in New York, <clears throat> I was fully just dependent on my own dollar, and, like, I was shopping at the dollar store Sick. Um, for groceries, Sick. you know, like, and I was burning spaghetti and doing laundry <laughs> in, in my um, shower, because I was living in Harlem, yeah. and I'd hear gunshots every night, and I didn't want to go to the laundry mat, you know, That's so, hectic. I mean, I've had, like, some experiences that I've had to overcome, and... You know I could have given up or whatever but yeah I don't know I love I love bodyboarding I love competition
0: yeah. I think like
1: competition is just like I think it elevates the sport mm. um, I think maybe there's different formats or whatever that could make more sense in the future but I, I think it works pretty well yeah um, I definitely went to Eureka just for the experience and I, I just had so much unknown on how I could do on the kind of international playing field yeah um, and I really you know, competed my whole life growing up. All, I heard this. All the way until I was Jeff, like 16. Jeff was
0: talking you up when, because I was like, oh, is he com- is he competitive or not? And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, he's not, He's fully into it, but he's, mm. you know, he's just been out of it for a while. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. Let's yeah. see what happens here.
1: So, yeah, I mean, my I think the biggest thing, like if I, if my heat was tomorrow in Aureka, um I would have approached it very differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, it, that, that was the most, I just, what I got out of that was like a learning curve. Um, mm. And Pretty much what was going on in that heat was like it was funny. It was supposed to be a three-man heat, and yeah. then like local like ripper that's guy right. just Ball jumped got in inserted last into minute. The heat. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Didn't even like I was paddling out in the channel. look behind me, and there's Another this guy, guy in blue. You know, yeah, was like yeah. whoa. So that was kind of a weird uh, wild card factor that yeah. was just like because he just won the heat in flying colors. Yeah. And so it was like a battle for second. Um, so that's always funny when you think you have a game plan and then you don't. Yeah. But I think it's not really good to like rely on. That kind of thing, you should more just be out there, like, you know, in the moment, being present. That's, like, the key, you know? But um, I think my strategy was, like, I was just getting these little, like, pocket ride barrels. Yeah. And they really didn't care about that at all. Like, I could have rather just done a Rolo. I know. And got a better score. I know. And I could have easily done a rollo on all those waves. Yeah. But instead, I was getting, like, these three-second pocket rides. Yeah,
0: and you're loving it. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, I
1: kind of got a nice little tube right yeah, there. Yeah, but yeah, But, like, since I wasn't backdooring or anything like that. Yeah. Then I had one wave that, like, I just somehow, I don't know why, but, like, the it knocked me off in the barrel. And if I would have made that, I think it would have yeah. been a big score. So.
0: I heard it was a – I remember seeing the heat when it dropped. I was like, oh, damn, that's pretty – that was really close, wasn't it? It was a super yeah. tight heat. The guy that, that got second was
1: like pretty legendary guy from yeah. uh, France. I, I forget his was name. Was um, like Pierre's buddy, uh, the older guy? Yeah, yeah, of... yeah. Uh, oh, his name's escaping me right now, but
0: Yvonne uh, yeah. Martinez. Yeah. 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 He was in so, heat I mean,
1: it. you know, there's no no slouches like. No, you had a tough heat. Rip. You had a you tough
0: know? heat, and with Cristobal paddling mm-hmm. out at last minute.
1: Yeah. So, that took it
0: to a new level for yeah, sure. it
1: was it was it was just a good experience. I mean. I think on top of it all, that wave is crazy, you know? so crazy. It's like the first time I've ever surfed it and it just, I don't know, I've never surfed anything like that. Nah. I don't know. I think you could get very comfortable with it. Yeah. And the level of comfort I had at the moment was not super comfortable. Nah. I don't know how stoked I was to like hit it on a closeout over the reef there, you know? Yeah. (laughs) As I tried. uh, Yeah. Like he did, you know? (laughs) where I was just kind of cutting out the back. You know? Yeah,
0: and I think, like, for me, that wave, like, Eureka is the place of my greatest achievements, I think, yeah. so far, and yeah. my worst, like, my worst kind of result, yeah. like, in terms yeah. of getting yeah. hurt and getting stuff like that. So it's like, it does have that double-edged sword so to it. It'll, it'll definitely cut you it's both just, ways. It's just
1: kind of eerie, you know? Like, I I live up right next to Pipeline, and I see it every day. Mm. and minimum, there's 20 guys out, no matter yeah. what, pretty yeah. much. But like Eureka, I feel like when the contest isn't on, like there's no one even out there. No. You know, it's just like this ghosty vibe. Yeah, and like, yeah. It's so eerie. Yeah. And I just like, I'm like, so guys are pushing the level so hard during the competition. But why is it that like nobody free surfs it really? You know? Well, like, I
0: mean, it's a good sign that it's a really dangerous wave. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, because that's like, the thing. Like, I don't think guys hit it. So well. I know Alan yeah. Munoz is surfing it more and more now. Kevin Torres lives there as well. But, like, yeah, it's not crowded. People aren't, like, hitting it and going, yay, Arika's six to eight feet, let's hit it. By myself. Yeah, exactly. It's not happening. I need friends to to surf it with, you know? Exactly. So, it,
1: it, you know, it's definitely a gnarly wave.
0: Well, I feel like whenever, like, because last year that comp got pretty big. Like, there was that, you know, it was probably, like, you know, six to 12 feet. Yeah. And, and, you know, there were lefts that were still handling that, and Mm -hmm. that's really rare. And then some of the waves that we were all going just nobody would surf that day out there.
1: Yeah, like nobody's paddling day. out on that day. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We have like a competition. We're yeah. all just going for it. It's yeah. pretty, pretty Contact crazy. On.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Like put, the, put the vest on and do it. Um, I had the um, the interesting experience of getting two heats with you in Australia mm. after Rica, yeah, and totally. I got the first taste of the um, of the the Travis Smith. Um, Competitor, <laughs> yeah. you know, you and I nearly I got an interference that. at the start of that heat, and I, I was remember. like, I was like, wow, he's not backing down. Yeah, and I was like, okay, yeah. this is what he's he is legit. <laughs> I don't
1: know. I, I just like competed my whole life. Yeah, I definitely understand like priority. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The it sco- was cool. The score I need. Yeah, and positioning and all that fully, stuff. You know?
0: Fully, fully. Because Jeff warned me, and then I was like, I was like, yeah, whatever. And yeah. then you know, get in the heat, and it's like, ooh, he's yeah. here, there. He's yeah. here to party. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, that was fun. Totally. Yeah. How did you feel? Because um, you did uh, you did Australia. Which other events did you end up doing last year? Or was that it? That's was that all I did, two? yeah. Okay. Just
1: Eureka and Australia.
0: But then let's fast forward to here now. You went in Pipeline the other day and you, you did pretty well. Were you happy yeah, with I your did okay. performance?
1: Um, you know, it was funny. I actually did Arica and because of last year I wanted to get into the pipe contest Uh and I didn't get in so I had to do the trials at Makapu which Uh, is like a wave that I just don't really like ever ever surf. That was my like second time surfing it in my life. I just don't really enjoy that wave per se so I ended up you know they took four guys out of 32 guys. I just didn't make it and I just like was like I don't think that that was like <clears throat> kind of a path I'm stoked on. I'd rather yeah. just have a nice seed and stuff. So, I actually, that's why I did Erika and Oshawa. Um, to so get a little bit of a seeding build just up. To get some points. Yeah. So, yeah, I was stoked on my seed. It's funny how bodyboarding contests like seed all the way into the round of 32. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't happen in surfing, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was like in the round of 32 already. Great. Um, I was heat one and. I, was, I mean, I surf pipeline most days of the year. Yeah. You know? It's funny. There's not that many bodyboarders that surf it. There's, <clears throat> I think Mike Stewart like spends a lot of his time just traveling and yeah. also in the big island and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he definitely dabbles. Um, mm. I mean, he's been his whole life. But... Uh, just in the last few years, I'm, I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, uh, Tomega, he lifeguard's there. He's there on um, his breaks, he's and he's kind it, of there yeah, in the morning. Yeah. So, he, you know, he's one of the guys. Jeff, for sure, just yeah. super on it. Like, yeah. he's one of the bodyboarders. And then there's, like, a few other guys, you know, like, uh, there's a guy, Kuko. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, but they, like, live in town and stuff, and they'll just come for every, like, third swell or whatever, yeah. you know? So, if Pipe's, like, average, I could be the only bodyboarder out. That's with, crazy. With 20, 20 surfers, and I actually know all the surfers and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I'll just be like, You're I don't right. care what kind of equipment I'm riding. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to snake all these guys that <laughs> are from here, you know? Yeah, exactly. Just try to go up there higher in the packing order, you know? It's funny. But yeah, so I was just like so, I don't know, not like there's a lot of pressure on me or anything, but I, I may put a little pressure on myself to just perform well at pipe just because yeah. I feel like I know the wave like really well at this point. Yeah. So yeah, my first heat um, it was just super slow. Like yeah. the, the guy in fourth place got only a one point ride. Yeah. He had no second wave. So, yeah. But I, I got second. Um, Ian Campbell won, and so that was it. Was like fun, but like it wasn't like what I signed up for pipe for. Nah, you know? nah. Like I got like one like decent barrel. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted like a bomb. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. you are surfing pipe by yourself. Exactly. You know? It's like you want to experience pipeline. You know. Like,
0: yeah.
1: Um, so. Uh, you know, I was stoked to move on in the next round, and then my next heat was even worse in that direction. Yeah, right. And fourth place, again, had only one point ride. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he caught a wave in like five minutes, and then he didn't make the barrel. It was like a big heavy one. And then he sat in first priority for the rest of the heat, zero waves. No way. And I, I ended up, my best wave was like this wide one when I was paddling out. And I just did like a basic flip, and I got like a five, and mm. I only needed a four point yeah, two.
0: That old problem.
1: And Ian had a um, a seven two and a two. Like he right. didn't even have a backup. And Crazy. So yeah, I just I needed just the littlest wave, and I just felt like I never even really got started. And uh, Dudu Pedro was ah, oh, uh, he was win- in your heat as well. he the whole heat. Heat. He got the one gem of the heat, and yeah. he. I mean that guy has an eye of a tiger you know he's like he will sniff some. out the bomb yeah. there's no doubt and about he, him he knows how you yeah know? so no he's dangerous in any heat yeah. yeah so I wasn't bummed I mean I'd say those guys are pretty much ranked top 5 or so in but you finished the ninth, I think you know? is that the result yeah yeah finished cool stoked yeah it's a nice little finish yeah i i think for me i just i'd love to just get more heats out there yeah of course in 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 fun ways
0: is your plan to um stay involved on the tour this year like there's a bit of obviously a few movements there which are kind of hard to gauge but are you like looking at a again are you looking at Fronton, or do you have any ideas around that or are you just going to stick it out do some strike missions and then I'm mentioning the word strike mission because we're going to yeah. talk about your recent one. Totally, yeah. but, um But what's the plan for the year?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I think it just at this point in my life, Sunrise Shack is yeah. uh, the big focus. It's just like the way we're growing and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of the one steering the ship. Yeah. Um, so that's the main priority. I mean, it was even funny when I was in Eureka and stuff. I was just like having to work a lot from like the computer and stuff. but That's sure. all good. And it wasn't as effective as me being here on the ground. So Yeah. I got to just be very, like, careful of that. I think mm. I can have a few moments in the year where I can kind of get up and go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, like, going to pick pick my few moments that I want to go. Yeah. I think um, the tour right now is an interesting place with this shift and stuff. I, yeah. hope, I hope that, you know, what is it, the IBC? Yeah. Um, I hope that they are going to be able to have, like, a positive environment that everyone's getting along and stuff. Mm. Seems like there's been a bit of drama and you know it's like just a little. Yeah. Pe- people flew <laughs> all the way around the world to come to this pipe where pretty much bodyboarding was really discovered. You yeah. Know? It's like you know, it's like even surfing looks at pipe and it's like pipe is pipe. Like this is legendary. Like, yeah there's no other better event. Like I know maybe Fronton you could maybe perform higher and stuff and I'm not taking any way anything away from that wave but it's like you gotta respect Pipe for its history and everything and it's just like they didn't and they took the points away i think out of, yeah out of i
0: i actually three. haven't even looked into that myself
1: yet so, um, i mean that's a bummer for yeah. all the people that traveled around the world and stuff and i mean for the locals out here in hawaii i mean
0: totally you know
1: a ninth place finish if it was it's a, a good start a, a good uh rated event yeah you know, i i'd maybe be Stoked to do, you know, two or three more to try to maybe, you know, rank even higher. But yeah, like... I feel
0: like that's what they've missed in this whole thing. I've, I was kind of leading a lot of the negotiation there around this and trying to get Pipeline recognized for what it should be recognized. And I know yeah. Mike was pushing hard and Jeff, but yeah, there's just this um, difference of attitude and opinion on the side of the new guys at the IBC, and I think they're wrong, mm-hmm. uh, and I think they're missing the point. And the big point is. Um, I think it's more the second point you raise, which is, you've got a bunch of people from Hawaii, who would have entertained the idea of chasing a couple more events on the tour Absolutely. this year, and now they're probably not. Yeah. Now they're going to be like, nah. Like well, so, yourself, Kavika Kamai, you know, like there's there's some good. I mean, I um, think
1: even like Jeff Hubbard's not. going Yeah. Gonna well, do Jeff's it not doing it either. You know? Yeah.
0: So it's like so that says
1: a lot. It does.
0: Mm. It does. So it's um. So yeah, it's problematic, but I don't know. The battle isn't over yet
1: yeah i mean i i think you know i might i might still do one or two um, yeah i i just like the australian one just because it's really easy to get to, super easy aren't? to australia from here yeah so, and i i literally didn't feel like i that put too much of like a speed bump into my kind of work life so yeah. i really enjoyed doing that event um I know it's just like a beachy and stuff but uh, it's fun
0: yeah it's a good it part fun, of the country little, too
1: yeah
0: i think if you're out there a bit longer too you'd, you'd score some other waves down the coast and stuff yeah it's, i'd love
1: to i haven't really been able to ever before
0: yeah so. i think that's definitely something to look at yeah and then but, in, yeah. in my
1: lifetime i'd be stoked to discover Fronton a bit yeah, i know that was so sick yeah uh, it's full I'd, on i'd love to just i don't know be out there and experience it yeah
0: know? It's a, it's a great event front on. Like I do think it's one of the premier events for sure. Yeah, it's, um, for sure. it's just so intense. Yeah. Everything's intense about it. So Absolutely. you kind of, you're scared and you're excited yeah. and you oh,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah. But, um, let's, let's finish off on the strike mission. Cause there was some really cool stuff that you shared, a nice little clip from a very recent kind of, uh, I mean, literally you, how many days were you in Panama? You went to Panama?
1: <clears throat> yeah. It was like seven days or something.
0: Seven days. Yeah. And this is strike mission. strike mission in, in the very essence of the word. Yeah. What happened? Just tell a, tell a story.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I was out here in Hawaii. Um, <clears throat> we had some bad weather patterns for like three weeks. Mm. Uh, you could just see it on the forecast. It was not changing. Just northeast strong winds, like yeah. bad swell direction. Pipe and everything it was not going to be happening. Also, a lot of like bad rain and stuff. Mm. <clears throat> so that just kind of, I think, kind of made the idea start, mm. and we started looking around a little bit, I got like a call from a friend, I'm, I'm always like, you know, whether it's like Skeleton Bay, like I've been there like five times before, mm. I'm always like on the um, lookout for like these kind of legendary waves and um, silver so you've done
0: five trips to Skeleton Bay? Mm,
1: yeah, it's five Shit. trips. Uh, my brother has done like 13 or something. Jeez. It's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy, every, I didn't realise that. Every little opportunity, um, yeah, we just go. But I haven't, I haven't been in like two and a half years now. But it was easier for me when I was like, one time I was living in London, so I just moved down. Oh, that would have been down. easy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, so, you know, it was funny. I got a call from my buddy, um, Timmy Tilton, the mm-hmm. New Jersey bodyboarder guy. Um, and he was like, hey, what do you think about this Panama swell? Like, I've always looked at silverbacks. Yeah. And um, I just love that kind of style of a wave. Yeah. Um, and so I was just like, yeah, I don't know. It looks like there's, like, two swells back-to-back. It looks really cool. And I, like, didn't bring anything up to Koa And, you know, it's like I'm always thinking, like, work first, work first. And, yeah. Uh, so I kind of tell myself, like, how hard it would be for me to, like, shift my schedule around and stuff. But um, the reality of, of that certain time and point, I was like, I can. I actually can pull this off. So I just brought it up to Koa And then he's like, I actually was just about to... Like, I was thinking about booking my flight. So like, you want to go? And so we just went. Like, strike missions, I mean, I don't know if you've ever done one. or. I have done yeah, a couple, it's yeah. It's pretty freaking, like, yeah. heavy. You know? It is, you're it just, is. like, throwing a lot of expense on the line. Yeah. You know, you're figuring stuff out, like, so last minute. Yeah. And, like, yeah, so we ended up traveling all the way there. My board bag just doesn't arrive. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're, like, vlogging it for our little YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, so it's just it made it super funny. I was just like, just I didn't have a, my equipment, you know, and like yeah. it's like we put all this effort in, spent all this money and all this stuff, and like first day I'm just like out there swimming in the channel at silverbacks, and it's like pretty gnarly to get out there. It takes like 25 minutes on a little tiny boat, right. and the channel is really deep and like super wavy and like yeah, washy. Right. You just feel like you're in the middle of the ocean. Um, and so it's super easy to get seasick. So I ended up just swimming. And there's like 8 to 10 foot just bombs coming through in the channel. And the current sucks into the wave. And the wave, oh, wow. The wave is so weird. I've never surfed a wave like that before. But it literally feels like it's like a combination between it, like sitting out at Jaws mm-hmm. and surfing the wedge. Right. It's the weirdest thing ever. You feel like you're sitting in the middle of the ocean with the with the waves coming through. Yeah. Um, But you don't know where to sit. Like literally like 50 yards outside of you, you could sit and you could get like a chip in and you could get an entrance into the wave or you could sit on the slab and get caught inside.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like the
1: weirdest wave. It's like such a big range. Yeah. But yeah, like day three of the trip, my board bags finally got here after like so much crazy delays and just like trying to figure it out and um yeah I paddle out and like I'm I'm all about like just I don't know being smart with the sport I'm not trying to look cool or something but I I've been I just recently kind of adopted a helmet into my
0: notice that my
1: vibe and notice that also had the padded suit oh you went with the padded suit as well the Patagonia padded spring suit and I really didn't feel like it affects me in any way, so yeah. I was like, why not? Sick. And uh, that wave just feels super deep water and gnarly, and the hold-unders are like, people get mm. two-wave hold-downs like all the time out right. there, like okay. really short intervals. And yeah. Stuff, intervals and stuff. Um, so yeah, I like take off my first wave, and like, and I fall, and my leash somehow, like from packing and stuff, I didn't tie my leash string very well, <laughs> somehow. No. And my leash, my board just disappears no and there's like an island like so far away and um, and I end up swimming back to the boat and I'm like let's go find my board like for whatever reason, as the only boogie board I brought. And I was Shit. just like, why did I do that? Maybe there's a strike mission lesson right there. <laughs> yeah. Pack two. No, I, I did. The <laughs> oh, okay. It was other on the shore. Whole, Yeah. Oh, on the shore, no. And it's like, no way we're going to go grab it. Nah. So It was like my one shot. You know? Okay. I mean, I should have packed them both on the boat. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, so we end up swinging inside, and I go and I'm looking for my board, and like, I just cannot see it. Nah. And he's just like, dude, this is like the biggest. Silver Axe has ever been like it's really dangerous. Like I don't know. I think your board's gone. I was just like, I don't even care. Like what else am I gonna do? Sit in this boat all day? So I just jump out and I like swim towards this like island. There's like not one person on this island. It's all jungle. It's so crazy.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm just like, luckily I had my helmet and my padded suit on, so I'm pretty good. But also like way out to sea, and he ended up having to go back to the wave, and I'm way on the inside, so you know i didn't have a phone or anything to no, call the no, guy no. you know i was kind of like just winging it pretty hard and end up like 30 minutes of swimming into it i just look up and my board's just floating in the lagoon right in front of me sick. like it could have been anywhere sick so i tie it back i end up walking this whole this whole island and and end up finding this keyhole that's like a back channel like i just found this right. crazy zone and i end up paddling out and then i ended up getting like Pretty sick wave right away. Yeah. Right when I got back out. How how
0: far is the wave off this island that you swam to? Like, what's the situation? Like,
1: yeah, it's weird. It's like the island kind of like peaks over there. Yeah. And then um, there's a big channel between the wave and the island. And then this wave just hits this deep water and hits the slab. Yeah, right. So it just comes out of nowhere. Like, literally, you could take off left and just go into the safest channel ever. Right. Huge channel. But the right just is like, two to three to four sections of right. just wrapping and gnarly and then they say like um i mean yeah i don't know that i guess someone like dived out there or something but they said that there's a cave somewhere oh. near that wave that is as big as a house Okay, It's like right next to it so i don't know it's just the trippiest way i've never surfed a wave like it before like yeah right i mean we surfed it for three to four days straight i caught 20 waves the whole
0: time right you know. So, was that because you were being selective, or was this just the nature of the beast? The
1: nature of the beast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I caught the most waves out of oh, ever Oh, okay. Too. Koa, my brother, caught <clears throat> like 12 waves or something. Wow. So, you know, waiting three or four hours sometimes to catch a wave.
0: But, That's you know, crazy. Yeah.
1: But I guess it was the biggest it's ever been, and um, I've never really seen any bodyboards out there before.
0: Nah. No. Um, I've seen a few surfing shots, but yeah, yeah. Not, nothing of the boogie.
1: Yeah, it's funny, I'm, I'm very tied into like the surfing industry, like I just know it really well, um, just because my brothers are so tied into it, and it seem, I seem to like almost approach <clears throat> my travels and different things like as a surfer would, in a yeah, sort of right. funny way, right. um, not so much as a bodyboarder. Um, I love the bodyboarding industry and everything, um, but it just seems like there's maybe a little bit more information coming out in the, in the surfing industry. Okay. Um, so I don't know. That's been funny, but yeah. I, I I have these waves in mind that I think I could bodyboard, and I've never seen people bodyboard and stuff. Yeah. Um, so. So what's next?
0: Know. What are these? Wa- or you, you want to share it? Or I don't know. I mean, I abstract I, geographic locations.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think Big Cloud Break could maybe. Yeah. Right. You know, I don't think any bodywear has really tried. Big cloud range. Like the biggest. Stuff, yeah. That like, big gnarly yeah. Stuff. One of those huge swells. Yeah. I think it's probably a little bit fast. It looks it. Yeah. But I think you could, you know, you could give it a shot, you know. But you can always know. give anything a shot. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. There's so many cool Yeah, Yeah. I think that's there, a, you know?
0: that's an interesting one. I've never surfed it yeah. uh, small or big, but, um, it looks like it, it's the type of wave that once you're—I have buddies who have surfed it—and it's kind of like once you're on the wave, mm. it's almost like it can be a grower, yeah. And you're kind of committed <laughs> yeah. to whatever you've paddled into you're, there. Yeah, you're not you're really not getting not out of it. Yeah,
1: You're not going to really straighten out. Nah. You're in a really bad situation. Yeah. So that's. I've a, never been there.
0: It's but. a scary wave to me. Like yeah. I, I look at that and go, yeah. "If you're going to take mm. off, you've got to be ready for whatever you're committed to." Yeah.
1: But yeah, I mean, I, I, I just love bodyboarding. I think um, the whole industry is really cool. Um, I think we're not going anywhere. No. Nah. Um, I, I just think that it's important for a bodyboarder to know what they really like about the sport. Mm. you know? Because um, I see my friends like, like Jeff Hubbard like doing these things that doesn't seem possible and stuff. Mm. And I think if a bodyboarder is putting the pressure on their shoulders, that that's kind of where they need to be then I think it can almost um, burden the sport in Uh in a way, you know? I think um, to just serve with what you're stoked on and what you're like comfortable with and and that way you can enjoy the sport to its maximum kind of capacity you know I think if you're willing and able to do what Jeff does then definitely mm. give it a try you know mm. I think every once in a blue moon I'll look at a section and send it you <laughs> <know>? <laughs> I mean that's not really where I seek the joy really. nah. um, for me I love just like riding a wave I love like a good wave Yeah. I love getting barreled Yeah. and I love um, kind of just like the combo aspect of, of um, wave riding I-, I love how guys do like spins in the barrel and different things like that and i
0: think that's more my interest that, as well that's yeah that's yeah. where
1: i really think bodyboarding is amazing so yeah. I, I think it's important for people to know that like you know uh where, why do you like enjoy this sport what's the direction that you want to take your own riding mm. you know um, i think for me in the last few years just like seeing what everybody's doing on an international level and stuff i i do like aspire to definitely do like the best airs in my life and stuff like that um, but yeah I don't know it's not like make it or break it for me you mm. know like if I never do anything crazy in the air and I'm just getting like the sickest barrels and stuff I mean that's that's something I'm I'm okay with you that's know sick. I'm, I'm stoked on that um, but I mean yeah obviously doing like an air and all that stuff is like super mental too I love doing Areas um, within my boundaries. Yeah, like, I'm not trying to do any like invert skyscrapers. Either. Nah, I've uh, tried that. It, it ends.
0: <laughs> it ends poorly if you're not. And look, I mean, I think people also, like, you're a fit guy. You're you keep yourself in shape. But Jeff is kind of like another level of fitness when it comes to what he prepares himself oh, for. Totally. You know, like the Absolutely. guy is finely tuned to deal with the impacts of his decisions fully totally. and you know not all of us can make those decisions because yeah, we're it, just going to hurt ourselves
1: it's so interesting how it works it's like i think um if you want to be like a bodyboarder or boogie boarder whatever you want to call it i almost like calling it boogie boarding i dig days. it it's called I, the boogie podcast yeah so. <laughs> i know I, I i just say i boogie board these yeah. things it's pretty funny but um i feel like you know if if you kind of <clears throat> want to just ride the waves and, you know, do that, then you can almost be at, like, a bit of a whatever fitness level, mm. but obviously the, the higher you excel in, in the sport and the kind of the more, like, um, techniques you're taking on and everything like that, mm. I think all of a sudden, you have to be, like, the most fit human ever, you know? Yep. Like, I think the guys that are, like, the most fit are, like, um, um What's his name? Maz Emory?
0: Oh yeah, Amori, yeah. He's yeah, a, he's, he, a beast. he's
1: crazy. Yeah. His whole life is dedicated to fitness in his yeah. sport. Yeah. You know, so look at that. I mean, Jeff Hubbard, he's been doing it his whole life. He's so limber. If yeah. you asked how much he stretches on in a, in a day, yeah. you know, it's crazy. Yeah. And you know, he's been like that like his whole life. Yeah. So and then I think Louis Finnegan's a huge inspo. Yeah. I mean, he's like taking it to the level that you need to take it to to mm. be a bodyboarder, you know? It's like I don't think you can just be like cruising and then just go do what he does in no. the ocean, you know? No, not like, at all. He's like so dedicated and I mean that's the level it takes if you want to be trying to win like a world title or something. I think you got to be dedicating your entire life to your kind of your craft, you know? Mm. I think that's what it takes if if that's what you want.
0: But for you your your you've got a few balls in the air so it's not you're not you're not going to be dedicating the competition you know it seems like it's it's a thing that you definitely get a lot out of because Um, you feel like it pushes you to a new level when you're in that jersey yeah but for you right now you're not going to be chasing you know you're not going to be chasing those titles just yet
1: no i don't know if i'll ever like per se chase the titles um i i think a big goal for me is to be like a pipeline champion
0: yeah. That's
1: my... That's on my list. That's my goal. Already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So, we'll try to do it in separate years. Yeah, let's do it. Because <laughs> uh, so, I yeah. value it. Like I, like you, like, you know, I'm, I I did come here quite pissed off about the lack of respect for the wave that I'm seeing from riders and also officials. Yeah. And I, and I think that it's the biggest loss to the sport to not take this wave um, seriously and re-elevate it to where it should be um, just based off its pure... Um, the, the reality of the wave itself, and then also the history kind of pounded into that reef by like guys like Mike, Ben Severson, Jeff. Um, you know, there's a whole list of bodyboarders that have really made that wave special, and I respect every single one of them. Yeah,
1: and if absolutely. I can join that club
0: by winning a pipeline, if I can join that club, mm. that's the club I want to be in. Yeah, you sure. know, for that's me, definitely cool. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think at the end of the day, the industry of bodyboarding, we have a huge impact globally. Like there's Mm. a lot of people that boogie board and everything. And if we could tie those two kind of categories together, I think it'd be big for the sport. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if you bought a boogie board at Costco, it's like, cool. If that's all you want, like great. But if like you want to take it to the next step of like maybe going a little faster and wearing some swim fins, like this is what you do. Yeah. It's like the gateway. Yeah. Like I think it's, Ridiculous how they're so divided. Yeah, like they I are separate people, things,
0: aren't they? Yeah. I tell
1: people I bodyboard, and then they, five minutes later, they ask me why I body surf. <laughs> you know? I've had and that a like, lot. Are you serious? <laughs> like, so it's like, but they know what boogie boarding is. Yeah, exactly. You know? So it's like, what? So that's all really confusing. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's a very small community that runs the whole kind of bodyboarding side of things. You yeah. Know? Like, all like world champions and all these people are like, running their own board companies and you know yeah. so it's a small industry so it's like we can't like hurt these relationships you know they're like so yeah. sensitive within everything and I think we all have to like really come together to come up with a master plan and it doesn't really matter if like one country is like fully excelling with bodyboarding it's like well if you're not working with the rest of the world then that's gonna fade out for you you know so you yeah. like, gotta work with everybody mm-hmm. and we got to all do this together and end of the day we're all just like stoked and we're having fun doing it yep um but i don't know i mean i think to just have maybe a few major events every year that everyone could really focus on yeah like my idea is like you could have pipe Eureka, and fronta and that's it yep that way every bodyboarder could afford to do all three of those i'm with you i'm with you you know and then that's
0: basically what i was pushing for too. yeah and then simplify it
1: after that how do you qualify for that well now we'll section the countries and how many slots per country yep. can qualify for that and then there will be a one world ranking yeah um and and that way like i mean hawaii is a great example yeah There's zero contests here in hawaii yeah except the one that um is on Kauai now yeah the second annual the garden island yeah exactly Biggie classic and that thing's epic like because there was like excitement behind it and like Jeff and um, Chris Burkhardt Yeah, they and, really like, pulled it together. They pulled it together and the whole bodyboarding community comes together. Yeah. And if you could just do that like two to three times a year in Hawaii, like somewhere like Hawaii would be good and they would have their own little ranking and everybody would have a reason to do it. And yeah. And now you have an incentive to do it. And, yeah. You know, whether you're like me or... You know, Keahi Parker, where he has a full-time job, like totally. he, I'm sure he would do it. You know, to
0: apart, yeah, you know, I
1: mean, like he he, just, he rips. He rips. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the story of bodyboarding. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of rippers out there that aren't dedicating it because it just doesn't make sense right nah. now. You know, No, nah, like, are you really sense. gonna go to Chile for three months Yeah. or South America for three or four months yeah, yeah, yeah. and like just to qualify or whatever? Yeah. You know, it's like come on, that doesn't make any sense at all. You know, so and we don't you know, like most bodywares don't have enough money to like just do nine events or whatever yeah, it is, you yeah. know? So, I don't know. I don't think it makes sense. I think if you could qualify within your region, but also if there's like a one world ranking, so, yeah, you know, it continually you builds up from last year, you know, yeah. you're just good to enter, you know, the three events or whatever, I think. Yeah. Something like that would be cool. And
0: well, I don't know. think we'll get there this year, but <laughs> yeah. damn, I want to keep these conversations going with you. I didn't know you had this much passion no. for the organizational side, so...
1: No, I've funny, definitely hey. learned
0: something from this episode. Yeah. Um, well, look, I think we're about to hit the one-hour mark. Yeah, absolutely. That's the sweet spot of all podcasts. Yeah,
1: good, good number. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I really
0: appreciate it. And yeah. um, I really hope I, I see you in a few more events, but also I just hope that... You know, I, I really do wish you all the best with the Sunrise Shack because it's a, such a mad. I've been here every single fucking day, oh, thank you. and um, I love it. And it's mm. and it's really cool what you've created. And um, and I do hope you get that pipeline win one day.
1: Yeah, you know, that'd I, be good to I, see. I kind of look at Mike Stewart as an in, uh, inspo. Yeah, he's a lot older than me, and if I you could, got time, if I, if I have that <laughs> many years, you know, obviously I gotta stay fit like he has. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, maybe I'll get one opportunity there within the next 30 years or so. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm cheering for him. Yeah. Every time. Beautiful.
0: (laughs) Wish him luck. So there it is. A big thanks to Trav for the interview and, um, sharing his thoughts on, all things bodyboarding, big, small, complicated and otherwise. Um, Yeah, do check out the Sunrise Shack when you're in Hawaii. Uh, It's such a cool little venue. Uh, It's such a cool vibe and that um, Blue Dream Bowl I had was incredible. Bit of housekeeping. Got a bunch of the Boogie shirts for sale if you want to Get in touch on the DM, let me know, um, all sizes ready to go, organic cotton t-shirts, so feel free to make a purchase if you're in the market for a new shirt. Uh, also got a very f- a few of the Laboogie Science Colab boards still remaining, um, more in the 42.5 range and the 43.5, so if you are also looking for a board and you want to support the podcast, do reach out and get one under your belly. Um, got a couple more in the vault to get out to you, so I'll get back to it. Expect a few more coming soon.